Hey foodies, I found her, the black superwoman, the self-proclaimed black female James Bond. I am super excited to have this conversation with female stunt woman Carrie Baroness on this episode of There's Food in the House. We're dropping nuggets, jewels, things that you wouldn't expect to hear from a female superwoman. So stay tuned to There's Food in the House. Ooh, if it's lit, then I'm signing up. I just knock them down, Adrian can line them up. If you search for real talk, then you're finding us. Thanks for reminding us, ain't no wild shining us different. I know you're feeling something missing. Them shows only talk, they don't listen. You need something warm, like a hot meal from the south. Like a summer rain in the drought. Some real talk that can make a nigga proud. Thought outside loud, we ain't doing it for the clout. That food for the soul, gotta take a different route. You don't need nothing fast, we got food at the house. I'm just saying though, we got food at the house. Hello, 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 everybody. This is Adrienne, your PR diva, and we are coming to you live again from There's Food in the House. You know, this is the podcast where you don't have to ask anyone for anything else. You don't have to search for anything else because we have food in the house. Today, I am super excited about this conversation that I am about to have with this African-American shero, this of all women. I was so excited to see a female stunt woman that I was like, I need to get her on the show and we need to have a conversation. So I want to welcome Carrie Burnings. Did I say it correctly, Burnings? Yes, you did. Yeah, Burnings. Burnings. Okay. Carrie mm-hmm. Burnings to There's Food in the House. Hey, Carrie. Hey, how you doing? I am wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. So I, again, was super excited I saw you online on Instagram, social media and everything. And I saw a couple of interviews that you've done. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. I want to talk to her. Oh, thank you. You're so incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you. So let's, I was reading over your bio and everything. And there were so many things that stood out. First, I want to say, I know you're from Richmond. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Yes, I, I, yes. I live in Baltimore for a bit. What's up? I see. see? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, uh, are you based in LA now? Yeah, I am. I'm based in Los Angeles. I live downtown. I used to live in West Hollywood and but yeah, all over LA. <laughs> okay. Yes. But I, I, my point was when we're from the North, it's so different when you move to other places. So I know mm-hmm. I'm here in Georgia now. I've been here for about seven years. So it's completely different from yeah. more, like 1000% different. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it is for sure. And but I know, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say it's cool having the different perspectives, but um, what were you saying? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say I know L.A. is as well. I know L.A. because, you know, I go to L.A. for work and for business, and it's, it's always, it's just so different. It's a whole other world living in L.A. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. I lived a little bit everywhere, but living on the West Coast is completely different. Your mindset changes, like, things like, because although I live, like, East Coast, I lived in the South you know mm-hmm. the west coast just has like it's so much more laid back and like so much more accepting of people and just it's so crazy it's the difference is really real <laughs> <laughs> it is it is and so i want to before we get into the stunt woman of it all i was just curious is how did you end up being a stunt woman when you were five, 10, 12 year old Carrie was stunt woman in the plans for you? 
No, it wasn't. Um, I didn't even know that stunt people existed when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. I was like, what? Um, It was like something I discovered when I moved to LA. And it was like crazy because I do remember my 10 year old self. I was just crazy. The girl, tomboyish. I'll be girly girl sometimes, but I played every sport out there. I played football in the streets with the boys, basketball. I was racing people in the middle streets, jumping in lakes, all this stuff. And I was just like, that girl that did all that stuff that if I knew that stunts existed, my God, I would have like signed up sooner. Would have been like, run, I, I have a <laughs> <laughs> So what did you initially want to be? Like before you figured out stunts, even though we were, I think, you know, if you were any part of a tomboy, you absolutely were doing stunts. But before yeah. you figured out that stunts could get you paid. <laughs> yeah, you- facts. Um, well, I wanted to, I always wanted to do acting and to get into like voiceover work. But in addition to that, I was been like super entrepreneurship based and like wanted to start businesses and stuff. So like, thankfully now my 20 something years of life, I've, I've done it all. Like I'm still acting um, just as much as I do stunts and I'm also okay. doing it just as much as running like a couple businesses. So in one way or another, they all come together in ways that you know, you don't usually expect because I always played sports. Like I guess stunts was always in my blood and doing Mm -hmm. action and action movies. I always, ultimately as a young girl, I always said I wanted to be a black girl, James Bond, because I just never seen any (laughs) black girls doing action, you know, like Mm -hmm. that. Wow. That's interesting. And so I know you mentioned some businesses that you have now and acting a stunt is a part, a portion of acting. So understandably. So when you are, doing your other businesses do those all align together or are your businesses completely different from the entertainment world (laughs) that's a great question um (laughs) (laughs) so i think well my okay one of my businesses is called faith is my superpower it's a brand um it's a yeah it's a brand it aligns with like my faith side of me my dream side of me my you can do anything side of me. So when I give like speeches and stuff and I like motivate people, sometimes I just give free shirts away that says faith is my superpower to remind people like to have faith no matter where you come from, what the circumstances are and all that. And kind of aligns with like my life's purpose and like how I grew up. But mm-hmm. um, so it aligns in that way. And then I also um, I'm working on a production company, which like I do, I'm producing movies and stuff and writing and oh, nice. all that. Yeah. So it aligns. I haven't like went super public with it, but I've done okay. stuff. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I have like um, a web series that I've been producing that we're going to release on a crowdfunding site in the next couple of weeks. And then I've been working on a few big films like producing side this last year, which I can't really talk about much, but it's exciting. And I sold a company when I was younger as well um, on the tech side. It wasn't a whole lot of money because I was really new, but but it was good. So I learned so much. So it aligns and keeps me motivated because I'm not just doing one thing. Because sometimes you need that like other thing that keeps you so you're not focused strictly like going driving yourself crazy on acting or stunts or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. and I was going to ask you that I was going to ask you about the the learning experience because and you said you're under 30 correct yes I am yes so and you're under 30 you've already sold a business and so it was interesting for you to say and to realize that the potential was there for you to get more money so how did you 
realize that and in that moment that you were like, oh no, I, I could have made more money. Like, how did you feel with that and, and what did you take from that experience? Yeah, for sure. Well, okay, I was a lot younger. I was probably like 19, 20. Um, okay. Well, not a lot younger. I'm still young, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm like, it wasn't that long ago. But it, I've done so much that feels like it was a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the thing was, I actually sold my part of the business. So, um, it was like me and this guy co-founded the business and his family like got sick back in India and he had to go back and he was like, what should you do? And I was like, well, I got to keep going. I have stuff, other, other ideals I want to do. Like either like, Hey, like, let me take over the business and find someone else or we figure something out. And he offered me mm-hmm. a buyout plan. And I think because I was just so young, I was nineteen twenty. I was just like, you know what? That's a good idea. I'll just take the money. And yeah. I don't know why I did that, but don't get me wrong. I don't go back <laughs> like, oh, I wish I could have, would I, I don't think that the business has grown too much, but I think it could have been the biggest thing ever, like as far as changing the way engineers do calculations on like cars and stuff, because we had just such a genius idea and we had proven stuff that worked. But honestly, um, at the time, I just know I should have gotten more advice from people on like, what do you think this our company would be valued at what do you think it's worth? Um, mm-hmm. Because it wasn't out in the marketplace, but we did have like private, um, private clients that was trying and using our product. So to me, it could it was valued at a lot more than what I took. Okay. So if I go back, I mean, I, I always say like you you can't go back. You just learn a lesson for the future, and it teaches you a lot more moving ahead. So it made me more wiser going into other deals and plans that I don't go in it blindly or just accept the first offer and don't negotiate or don't have like an ideal of like, how much is this really worth? I knew like I wouldn't settle for a number, but I didn't know like, what was that number? Um, Like what was the like actual value that I really, really wanted? Yeah. I, I have those ideals in my mind all the time. Right. <laughs> so I'm sure that's your takeaway. Your takeaway is like, fool me once, never again. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and so what was your, so let's talk about, so you were one of the warriors in, uh, yeah. why we always want to say Wakanda forever. I feel like Wakanda forever is just like, the movie doesn't even have a name. It's like Wakanda forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you were a warrior, a princess, a fighter in Black Panther. So how was that experience? That was, I mean, and obviously that movie was phenomenal. And to be in any part of creating that movie, I'm sure it just has to feel like, wonder bread or something i don't even know yeah (laughs) it was so incredible because i got to do black panther and then i got to do avengers right after oh i love avengers yeah (laughs) i was like it was amazing it was just definitely uh it was a mind-blowing transformational experience not only for me as a stunt performer or actor or just in entertainment but it took my perspective of everything that I saw on my vision board it can come true like Mm. I didn't know how I was gonna be flown out business class on a plane somewhere but I had it on my vision board and then Black Panther was the one that flew me out from Los Angeles put me in a nice hotel on like the 22nd or 26th floor with the amazing views and I remember having a car service every day to go to and from rehearsals to and from set 
And then the biggest process was transformational was when I had to shave my head bald and I had, <laughs> you know, that was crazy. I was like, <laughs> you've never been bald before, I assume. <laughs> no, I was, and I was always that girl that everybody loved my curly hair. They would always be like, oh my God, you have the best hair ever. Your curly hair is so beautiful. You know, like <laughs> elementary, middle, high school, right? college, you know? <laughs> wow. So. I was like, oh my God, is my hair going to grow back? But I already knew my hair grew long, but I was just like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> right. And and I'm sure. And I think that's a, a side of acting that not everyone understands or is privy to or they don't like, like you said, until the moment happens, you don't realize that this is something that they may ask, you know, like for new actors and actresses coming up, you know, production will say, shave your head yeah it is the thing um they will ask you i mean like i do know people that have said no and they didn't do the movie or ask for ball mm. cap and stood their ground on that which i understand but this movie was especially this first one i think more than anything was just such a moment of like no we're gonna be a hundred percent real we want to tell a very dynamic story and it's a part of the process that ryan kugler and his entire team wanted and um and then also, it makes you question, like, what do you feel that beauty is? Is beauty really because mm. you have hair on your head? Is it because of all of these things that is so to you on the internet or commercials? Or is beauty, like, from the inside out? And Wow, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, it really had me embracing my bald head. But I loved it. My hair grew back. I shaved it again. Grew back. Shaved it again. Grew back. <laughs> I, like, after that, everybody wanted me to shave my head for every project. I was like, yo, Jesus, okay. I was getting ready to ask you, were you shaving it for yourself or for other projects? But it was for other projects. Oh, no, I don't. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> I only shave my head for other projects, okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, if I go on this, like, wow, it's like, I need to figure them out. It's a little different, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I like my hair. I, I mean, my hair is growing. It's getting so long right now. It's crazy, but I said to me, if I had to shave it again for another project, I would absolutely 100% do it for the mm -hmm. right money. Um, right. <laughs> right. right project. <laughs> so that was awesome. So being on that production set and doing that, so do you feel like that invigorated you more on the traditional acting side or more on the stunt side what did you feel like you you wanted to be in more movies that focuses focus excuse me on your acting ability or your fighting ability honestly both i it like challenged me so much by being on the black panther set like the stunt performers our um coordinators our fight choreographer aaron tony all these people were just like they were hard on us as, like, <laughs> cursing. I ain't gonna lie. And, but, yeah, I felt like I was in military boot camp. I was like, Jesus, Lord God, am I ready for this? <laughs> but, and so were they strict, were they more, I'm sorry, but were they more strict than the Avengers set, or do you feel like? Oh, yeah, well, the thing is, like, everybody that worked on Avengers, for the most part, already have worked on Black Panther or other okay. sets. had a lot of credit. So the thing is, like, Black Panther was my, like, third union project for stunts and okay. for like playing a character actress like character stunt performer because I was like in costume array so I challenged myself you know you're putting on the costume it's like 20 pounds or however much it weighs and you go into this character mindset of the door Milaje 
And then by doing the stunts, you had to be really precise because you have to look like you are in the middle of a battle that you've been prepared your entire life, got chosen from a village. You were one of the first of your kind. So you can't mess up. You can't be out there have shooting things. They could have chosen somebody (laughs) else in the village. You know what I mean? Right, right. It was like all these layers that had to be added. And I didn't understand all of them right away. But, I mean, I went in and I just like, shit, I jumped into the ocean and was like, I'm going to have to swim, you know? Well, I was going to drown and I swimmed and I got, I had amazing people around me that really pushed me and motivated me because I was also one of the youngest on the sets too. So I, I learned a lot from everyone else. And by the time I had Avengers, I was like, Oh, okay, I do this. And plus I already had my mindset. I already knew like how hard it was and I wasn't going to have nobody try to check me or tell me I was doing anything wrong. <laughs> I mean, I I'm good with having feedback of course, but I was just like, let me come prepared. So then they could be like, Oh no, just adjust it a little this way instead of like, what the hell are you doing? You know? Right. And so I know you mentioned that you were one of the youngest. So when you look at traditional stunt characters, whether it be male or female, mm-hmm. is that more of a, because I know the entertainment industry is obviously, we, we speak all the time about it being male dominated, but then you have these subsections that obviously female stunt women, it can't be a male dominated industry, but is it more older women are they more uh of different races and not as many african-american stunt women or how does that situation look that's a great question um it's like so back in the day it was definitely a lot more male-dominated industry for the stunt industry period as a whole Mm -hmm. but for as the years like I would say may, uh, maybe like 30 years ago, there was an increased number of like stunt women coming in, but it still wasn't a big thing. Like, especially like black stunt women, that that definitely wasn't a thing. Um, so it gradually grew. And now it's definitely, definitely more like 50-50 hour. Uh, I, I would say closer to 50-50. But um, okay. the thing is like skills and assets of like each of the performers. Like there is some stunts that are really, really crazy that, only men know or have learned because their fathers pass it to them and their fathers pass it to their fathers like oh, the thing with brother. Okay. And it might be like some crazy car tricks or jumping off of a bridge on a car and then landing it safely because only so many people have done that and so many people have been taught that. So mm. um yeah. It does that answer your question a bit more? Yeah, so that cause I was just curious because I know that um there are a lot of positions that women are are moving more into and that we are really trying to level the playing field but then I know that there are also levels and playing fields for African Americans for Indian for Hispanic you know for other races and other cultures so I was just curious to know you know like how that looked or how diverse that stunt industry was and I don't want to minimize you to stunts we're going to get away from stunts but (laughs) I was just curious because we. oh no you're fine no 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 so yeah, it's definitely, it's grown so much. Like I think over the last five years for sure, like there, I've seen so many more Hispanic people doing stunts and you have Indian girls doing stunts in India and that comes here and you just have a mixed race of a little bit of everyone. Um, I don't think the representation is still all the way there hundred percent because there is like a, a lot of work, which I'm thankful for the work. Don't get me wrong, but the more that... <laughs> TV changes and the more black people we see on TV, the more that we're going to increase and have the need of more some people coming in. 
Because right now, everybody is like, great there everybody's working we're making money we're mm -hmm. actually we can maintain off of uh saying we're we're performers we're only making money from doing stunts or from only doing like stunts and acting you know but that wasn't a thing in the past it was like sometimes only a job will come around once a month for people or twice a month now it's like mm. we may be working on an entire series this week and the next week we might be working on a whole another show and like staying booked for like six months you know um which wasn't a tradition. And I'm not saying yeah. it happens for every single person in the industry because I know like there is still competition among your other people. Like it has you have to fit the size of the actor if you're doubling someone or if mm. you're playing a, a character like first time performer, they want you to be matched up. Like if you're gonna be that guy that comes in the bar and be like, Yo, what the hell? Blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> they, they might you wanna look eye to eye. So they might want somebody that's really tall looking at the actor, you know, that looks at a right directly now then take that punch and then go back or whatever the reason may be you know right so what was your first acting experience when was the first time that you got a paycheck that was like okay this is it this was right I'm where I need to be ah oh, that's a great question dang I gotta <laughs> go back uh, <laughs> woo, let me see uh there's so many things I can't think of the I don't know why. I know I did Okay, I did the show Single Ladies that was on VH1 with Lisa Ray, Stacey Dash, but I don't even remember how much I got paid. And I don't think at the time I was like, oh, I want to be an actress, but I wasn't taking it seriously when I okay. got I probably didn't think much about it. But I say like, okay, uh, it's hard to answer that question, but I will tell you this. Okay. okay. Recently, I have posted something on my Instagram, which is called like, it was a uh, audition slate to scene challenge, like scene I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I saw I saw that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was like debating if I was gonna post that. And I did that role like two years ago. Um, and I've done other roles since then. So that was on Still Team CBS. I've done SWAT on CBS. I've done a show, Ultimate Tag on Fox, Lifetime Movie. I've done other films that haven't come out yet. Um, some later this year, Reno 911, all this stuff. But I was like debating on what I was gonna post for this challenge, and I was like well, this is like a short scene. It was only like a couple words for the audition, but it was just like, I felt like it was really monumental and stuff. But I remember just this audition. That's when the first time I felt like as an actor, like I have, I have a chance in this world because mm -hmm. I sent the audition in. And then I think within a couple hours, I ended up booking it. And oh, then, nice. Yeah, which doesn't usually happen. Sometimes it takes three days to find out or you don't find out at all. You know, it just goes to another person. And then I remember the, uh, it was a stunt coordinator that referred me to this audition that sent it to the director. And the director was like, this girl blew me away. And everybody was just like very emotional watching the audition. And I was like, wow. Oh, wow. So then, okay. yeah, then when I went on set and I had like a little four-year-old boy and then I had to tell him to pretend like he was asleep. And I remember doing that scene and everybody, once I finished, everybody was just, like, so emotional. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I knew it. I mean, it was an emotional scene for me, but it was crazy how it moved, the performance. And the lady, the director said, you're going to be famous. You're going to be a superstar. You're going to win oh, Oscar. Nice. I was like, what? You know, the things I tell myself, but you don't have to boost me up. It's okay. Right, right. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And then they watch these things called the dailies, which is the dailies is um, after they, you do your, the shot, the shots for that day, people rewatch all the takes. Mm -hmm. And then I got a message from the same um, Julie, 
Julie Michaels that referred me to this, um, to this, to audition for this. And then she texts me, she says, Oh my God, they're watching your dailies and everyone is so emotional and crying and you just oh, like wow. blew the performance away. So it was just all this like leading up to it. And then it was on TV and then I was like, Oh my God. But then I was just like, <laughs> but I was excited, but I was also like, Oh, it's such a short scene. Everybody's going to be like, why is this girl promoting this little scene? <laughs> I've done other stuff before, you know, I had did the Black Panther and all that, but still, it was like, I filmed these movies for like a month, two months, and then I'll get in there for like 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds, you know, but then this was like my little one time shine right there, and then, um, <laughs> then I posted it on social media, and I got so many messages, and oh, wow. I posted on Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff, and I just was like, I was overwhelmed by like how people felt like it really moved me, so then I was like, <gasps> I can see myself in the future. So <laughs> it just expanded my visions more. And it wasn't that I didn't do like four scenes in a, a project before or, or had 20 lines or whatever, because I've done that now and I've made money. Oh, I got residuals from this. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. I, I know that was a long answer. Um, no, it's fine. Listen, that meant that it meant a lot to you. You know, when you go into detail and you are remembering and it brings back those emotions and everything, you know, you did a great job. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh, I'll tell you this. The first time I knew I made it in this industry was when I got my residuals. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Oh, okay. Um, but residuals are great because you get, that's the money you make after like DVD sales. Like it's after mm-hmm. it's out of theaters and then it goes DVD sales and then the number of replays on TV and stuff. But then, you know, when you get some checks and it's like, you know, what, like six figures or so, yeah, like, mm-hmm. okay, we can talk. Right. Um, now, was this residuals from, from Black Panther? Well, them, was, yeah, I was getting ready to say those yeah. out the park in the theaters. It did, but we don't make those money from the theaters. That's the sucky part. Like, oh. I wish we made that. But yeah, oh, okay. I mean, we did good. Okay. We didn't do exceptional, but I mean, it's because it was also a huge cast and a, a lot of people involved in getting out of the money out of the pool. But I'm thankful. That's why I would say I'm very, very, very thankful because it helped pay my health care, gave me okay. money for my pension. Hallelujah. And, <laughs> <laughs> And then I got other residuals from other projects. So I will say, I'm never going to retire. I'm going to work until I'm 99, 102. <laughs> now, speaking of the business side of it and, and how versatile you are, I wanted to absolutely mention the fact that you speak about five or six different languages. We oui, I do, I do. Oh, my soul. See, that is so awesome. So I know I, I saw French, Spanish. Mm-hmm. Mandarin, Russian. Oh my God, really? Russian privilege, coffee Oh my gosh! So how? So I know that just gives you another notch in the resume, because you can do film practically anywhere, or you know, like you could do some international. So have you ever thought about doing any of these international films or anything? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I've been international. I did X Men in Canada, and I did, but I mean. It allowed me to speak French in Canada. I didn't get to use any of my language skills in X-Men. I wish I did, but not this time around, next time. Um, But yeah, I mean, and I got to work in the Dominican Republic, which everybody thought was Dominican because they have so (laughs) many dark Dominicans there. Like even production thought, are you Dominican? Are you from here? I'm like, no, you guys, I'm American. (laughs) But, you know, I'm not Spanish. Like, you know, I would just go and speak Spanish. But to answer your question, absolutely. Like, 
I learned languages at a young age. Like I learned Spanish, English at the same time. Then I learned French, French and Mandarin Chinese when I was like in college. I lived in China for a year and over in France for a little while. And then I have been re like um, learning like the more difficult parts of conversational French recently with my friend okay. Rachel over this time. But I and I learned a Russian and Latvian from an ex I was with for like five years. And so, and you mentioned, I'm sorry, you said you learned English and Spanish. So what is your native language? Oh, it's, it's English is my native okay. language, but my, um, we did live in Panama for a little okay. bit when I was younger. And okay. then my mom tried to get us to speak Spanish. And we also had my, so my mom and dad was together for like the first few years of my life. And okay. then we, they divorced, which my mom was like, teenage mom at first they got married my because my grandma had 10 kids and they were trying to find them figure everything out my grandma's like you having this baby go get married get out right of yeah basically. that's how it used to um, be <laughs> which i understand grandma had 10 kids it was sad but it worked out i guess you know i mean i'm right so hallelujah <laughs> but um, but yeah i did i we had like a Spanish nanny and then my mom was just like trying to encourage us to speak Spanish. And then I also went to a lot of schools that taught secondary languages. So it worked out too. Although I moved to so many schools, but you know, that was kind of the process. Now we have, so you're diverse, you have your languages, your business acumen, you know, you've been through so many things and what do you see for yourself in the, in the near future? I would give five years like a near future, but what do you see for yourself in the next five years? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> next five years, oh my God. Next five years, I am going to be a superstar. Okay, okay. I'll okay. be like, I had an interview on here too. Exactly, baby. <laughs> um, but you're gonna see me, I'm gonna be everywhere in the next five years. It's gonna be like, who, people gonna be like, the people that knew me before, they're gonna be like, yeah, I already saw it coming. The other people that didn't, like, who is this girl? Where did she come from? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, I've always been here. You just, uh, you just have to look a little bit more right or a little bit more straight. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm going to be like leading in big action films, not only doing a lot of my own stunts, but also acting in them. I'm also gonna be, I'm animating and voicing a lot of characters, which I do animation now, but it's going to be kicked all the way up to like huge levels, um, doing like Boss Baby stuff or other things like that. Oh, I love Uh, Boss Baby. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Well, hopefully they hear you. Um, Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We're going to make sure we highlight this. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I'm going to be like already on like the fourth, fifth season of like a couple different TV shows I'm starring in. I'm going to be, um, having some films already produced that are in film festivals already have been won. And then I, my nonprofit CBC is going to be like making a big difference in the world all around for kids and youth that are in poverty. Mm-hmm. And also, um, hopefully, like, in the next five years, we have our rehabilitation center up and going so we can help with the rehab of um, youth that were incarcerated in addition to oh, nice. youth that were homeless, like, youth and families and getting them back on their feet. So, oh, and I'm going to be very, very, very wealthy and giving and living like no other and living in my big, beautiful house, and I probably have a baby. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, and I'll be happy, and God will be good, and I'll be good, and I'll be in good health. And my family will be good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
I tried to include all that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you get it all in there. This has been a great conversation, Carrie. I thank you so much for your time. I, I would like to, as we end, ask you to just give people who are maybe struggling with what they want to do or trying to figure out their acting chops or, you know, just moving into a space that works for them. What advice would you give people who were just probably stuck in limbo right now and struggling to figure out how to move? Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, and you're just saying specific to actors only, right? Or some- Well, no, just, you know, it doesn't even have to be specific to acting just in life because, you know, there are some people I know you mentioned and I'll say, my son, I have a son who has done some acting. Yeah. To your point, he doesn't take it serious at all. So it's like, he'll do extra work and he's great. Whenever we go places, people are always like, oh my God, Joshua, you're amazing. You're so funny and everything. But he's just like, thank you. And then on to the next thing. So he's just- Oh no, I feel you. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why, so for people who, you know, they may not necessarily know what they want to be when they grow up, even though they could be 30, you know, but they're just like, I just don't know. So what advice would you give them? Absolutely. I would say this, like, um, first off, it's okay with wherever you're at, accept that. And just like, also decide that you're not going to remain, um, remain complacent with where you're at and understand that, you know, it's better to choose something and try something and then realize you don't like it than to Mm -hmm. like, not just to stay and just be going through life because we only have one life to live and this life, we should live it to the fullest. I think that um, if you want to be an actor, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be a doctor, whatever that is, you first have to have faith and believe in yourself before anybody else. And also believe that like producing a dream or vision, it's not just a brain activity. It's a heart activity. So if your heart's not in it, then you're, you know, your brain won't follow and things are not going to produce in your favor. But if you, think of what that thing is. You start putting action. I always say faith without works is dead. So Mm -hmm. do something, you know, volunteer, do a list, like create a list of five things that you think you're most passionate about. Start volunteering in those areas and see if you're really passionate about it. If you had no money or you had all the money in the world, you could do whatever you want. And everybody always says that, right? But what would you really do? And then if it's, if it is acting, then go, hop on a set and see if you're willing to be on the set for 14 hours until that shot is finished. You know, mm-hmm. if it is being a veterinarian, go volunteer at the animal shelter and see if you're okay with picking up dog poop or a dog throwing up or acting on, you know, crazy mm-hmm. at you and stuff. Or if it's being a doctor, go volunteer at a nursing home and see if it's okay with you caring for others and people. But then if you choose that that's what you want to do, once you get that, then faith without works is dead. You can have the faith and believe, but if you put no action in, it won't come to pass. And the same thing, faith is like producing the ideal and feeling that it is already possible. So start visualizing yourself doing that and then start looking at success stories and say, I am that success story. Write your own dream of like, you know, five years ago today, so-and-so did this and this and this. And now they are here. Write your story for five years ago today. You're going to write that this is what you produce. Remember that thoughts held in your mind will reproduce in its own kind. I had heard that on this, um, this uh, as a man thinketh Amazon series. And mm-hmm. it's all about like, whatever you're focused on, you're thinking about, it will reproduce out into physical form. Thoughts are powerful. Thoughts can produce mm-hmm. life or death. So if you continue to feed yourself, good healthy thoughts then good healthy things will come if you feed yourself 
um, you know, negative thoughts and saying like, I can't do this, this is horrible, then those things will happen. But remember, your brain is powerful. It doesn't know the difference between dream and reality. So just keep pushing, Ooh. keep going. And you got I it. love that. That was so, oh, I, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, girl. That was good. I was like, okay, I'm about to write that down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that was so good. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Thank you so much. Let everybody know where they can follow you, where they can look for you, where to find you, and how they can connect with you. Absolutely. What's up, guys? Um, you can follow me and find me on social media, Instagram at Carrie Bernans, which is C-A-R-R-I-E-B-E-R-N-A-N-S. On Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, everything Carrie on YouTube. On TikTok is my same name, Carrie Bernanz. And I'm on a new show actually called The Ultimate Tag on Fox this summer, May the 20th. So if you guys um, check it out before or after you hear this podcast, depending on the time it comes out, it's going to be banging and good. My character name is The Banshee. It's going to be wild and exciting. Oh, and check me out on Reno 911 on Quibi. Take care. No, Carrie, because now I got to ask you about Ultimate Tag. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my. So, like, okay. Okay. So, Carrie. So, Ultimate Tag. So, is it is it real? Is it reality? It's like, is it a uh, competition show? What is it? Yeah. So, okay. So, it's like the game of tag. Like, tag your it now. Try to catch me. And it's, um, Mm -hmm. it is interactive reality based. So, that means, like, we don't know the courses we're technically going to take before we take them. We get to see it 10 minutes before, just like the competitors that come on our show. Mm. It's like, um, we're the American gladiators and the competitors are people that think they can go against us or they're trying to win a prize. So they're competing against each other as contestants. And we are the taggers that tag them and that either delay their time to go or speed their time or, or they get past us and then they beat someone else on the time. But it's like really high energy style show. It's exciting. It's fun. It's bringing back the playful side of you. It's doing the things we can't do right now, which is not, we can't stay, we got to stay six feet away from each other. Right. <laughs> but it's so much fun. Um, my character on there is completely opposite of who I really am. I play the van- Banshee. I'm like basically the, one of the only villains on the show. Um, oh. I'm very, I'm very mean and very, uh, I lure people in on my nice kindness and I scare them with my banshee scream and I, I tag them and I jump in front of their faces and crazy stuff. So yeah, if you want to oh. check it out, you're going to be like, what the hell? That's why I was like, oh my God, so this is, I'm ready to watch now. This sounds so, and so, so you're, so I understand. So you all are standard characters so there are characters that are on the show all the time and then you have people who come on as contestants to try to win money and things of that nature is that correct exactly they're competing against okay. each other to try to win money and they're playing the game of tags so they might in some in some instances it's playing the game of like freeze tag they have to stay still if they get tagged <gasps> by us but we make it we're like exceptional all of us are pro athletes we're all exceptional in our own right and we can tag these people Mm-hmm. But some of these people, they may have done CrossFit for 10 years, so they may be fast. There is some guys on there that's, like, crazy fast. I'll be like, okay. but um, But they can't outbeat the Banshee, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, all right, for real, this time. So, Carrie, thank you so much. We yeah. are going to have to continue this conversation because this is just, you have so many good things that are coming your way, and it's just, it's a great conversation. So we'll definitely have to do this again. 
Yes, let's do it, Leila. Thank you so much. You're incredible. You're awesome. I'm so happy that you did this, Adrian. And I wish you a healthy, a healthy, healthy, happy COVID. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You all, thank you so much for listening to There's Food in the House. I am going to post this. I want you all to go follow Carrie. She is great. She has great things happening. I know I'm going to be tuning in to Tag and everything else. Not that I won't be watching everything else, but Tag, I'm here for. <laughs> yes, thank you. So gotta take a different route. You don't need nothing fast. We got food at the house. I'm just saying, though. We got food at the house. Yeah. We got food at the house, yeah. We got food at the house. You don't need nothing fast. Gotta take a different route, yeah. We be lit. We ain't never gonna switch. We lit. We ain't never gonna switch. We lit. We ain't never gonna switch. If it's made for the real, it's forever gonna fit. We lit. We ain't never gonna.